0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we try and figure out exactly what is the best Disney film ever made. I'm your Grandmaster and Judge Zane C. Webber here with our fact checker for this evening.
2: Miranda Selwitt
0: back filling Julie's shoes
2: yes the last time I was here I was debating so I'm looking forward to this far less stressful position I was right? going to ask
0: whether this is more or less stressful than actually debating
2: well I thought it was going to be less but now that I'm here and I'm waiting for facts to be thrown about I'm getting very nervous
0: of course this week we are debating Peter Pan versus the jungle book defending Peter Pan is Matthew Butler your old pal old Maddie, that's right Yep, that's him. And defending Jungle Book is newcomer to Disneyverse, Disney Pat Shearer.: Thank you for having me, Zane. You're welcome. Uh, good luck in the debate. Can you tell us a little bit about why you like Disney in general and the Jungle Book specifically?
3: Um, Disney in general, I think it's because they have an incredible work ethic when it comes to producing their movies. They seem to always just deliver hit after hit after hit. So there must be something that they're doing right, some sort of recipe that they're sticking to that's and successful. If
0: there isn't. Yes. There'll it be could hell just to be... pay. Okay, good. Mm. Uh, and rightly so. <laughs> the jungle dark. book specifically,
3: you know, who knows? Why is the sky blue? Why is water wet? Science. Why did yeah. Judas knows. Judas. Why did Judas rat the Romans while Jesus slept? These or are silver. just questions and they have answers, but I don't have them.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> The Man With No Answers versus Matthew Butler. Uh, now, you have
4: defended a couple of films so far, or just one? Just the one. Uh, Pinocchio. My loyalty to films can only go so far. I mean, how many times can you say this is the best? Twice, apparently. Twice, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, why why Peter Pan?
4: Well, uh, Peter Pan was my favourite book growing up. So And it's just the perfect kind of blend of fantasy and swashbuckling, which is what I'm all about always. Like uh, Peter Pan as a movie has inspired me to the point that as a kid I used to jump off the hill trying to fly and ah. I'd just have a great time rolling down. But it's the belief that counts <laughs> and I believe this is the greatest Disney film of all time.
0: Well,
3: right. I used to clench and just wish I could be Spider-Man so much. Hoping to shoot web
0: out of my wrist, but it, yeah, it never happened. Luckily, Spider-Man is also a Disney property, so you are still on topic. Yes. <laughs> well done. Okay, so what we haven't done yet is flip a coin. So if someone in the room could proffer a coin for us to flip, uh, we'll get to that. But we will be starting off with a three-minute opening statement as to why your film... I'll we'll upsies. Disaster has struck. So, Matthew Butler has won the toss. Do you want to go first or second, Matthew?
4: I shall bravely lead from behind. Okay. Okay, great. Excellent. So,
0: we will be starting out with a three-minute opening statement as to why your film is the best Disney film ever made, uh, followed by a two-minute rebuttal round, an open discussion, and then your final summation. Mm -hmm. So, this opening round, you will get three minutes. I will give you a warning at two minutes, and that warning will sound like this. And I will give you—I'll cut you off at three with this.
1: The jig is up, you jaded jughead right. and Jack in the Box.
0: So, I only needs thirty seconds.
3: that's all I prepared.
0: All right. Well, in thirty seconds, in thirty seconds, you will be giving me the memorable moments, mm-hmm. the message, the movie magic, the magic music, and the cancel. That Disney touch. So, Patrick, your time starts when you start talking. Great. Okay. Well,
3: The Jungle Book was released in 1967, directed by Wolfgang Woolley Rätherman, a German, but that's not important. And it was the last movie to, to be produced by Walt Disney. He literally died making this film. So it's important in that regard, I think. Um... The thing that makes this movie most memorable to me are the songs. So I guess I'm kind of fusing two categories into one. My favourite Disney song slash sequence of all time is I Want to Be Like You, just because of how marvellously and mellifluously the animation and the song and the humour all blend in together. There's nothing to me, as a kid, that was funnier than watching old King Louis chase around that little white-haired monkey who was (laughs) causing so much trouble for him. And just how inspiring well i don't know if "inspiring" is the right word but how awesome the music was the, the the jazz influence and the beatles influence with the with the vultures songs um we are your friends i think it's called i don't know i don't pay much, as much attention to that because the two best songs to me are the Bear necessities and i want to be like you and also the Bear necessities that sequence too where they're just drifting down the river like honey to me that just it, it just made me so relaxing it's like when you get home and you take off your socks That's what it felt like to me watching that. It's like I was getting a contact high. So those to me are the most memorable moments of the movie. So yeah, the music I think is the most. Oh, also during Trust in Me. See, it's the combination of the animation and the the music as well. Because when they're doing Trust in Me and Carr is hypnotizing him and then his body is forming the staircase that Mowgli has to walk down and then the loop that Mowgli walks up and then when Mowgli gets released from the hypnotic spell and car wraps around the tree and bangs his head against it, I always thought that was just such a clever piece of animation. And I suppose the world did too because it was one of the most... I think it was the second most successful uh, Disney release at the time and it's the most successful movie that's ever been released in Germany, which I guess is unimportant again.
0: Uh, but you keep bringing it yeah, up. Yeah, I know.
3: It's a weird fascination with the Germans. It's because I had a German couple come into the restaurant the other night. doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, The message of this movie, I think, is one that is take a little piece of everything and forge yourself into something formidable. In order to survive the jungle and in the human world as well, in order to be able to move between worlds, you have to take your lessons from many different places. So he gets the easygoing nature of Baloo and then the forthrightness and sternness and... uh, what would you call it?
0: More importantly, what would you call it?
3: Yeah, that's a, I'm drawing a blank here. But, you know, Bagheera, he's the responsible one. You mm. get the responsible, the responsibility. So he takes a little bit from all these pieces, all these fa- Foster figures, um, which I think is what Rudyard Kipling was trying to articulate because he was in and out of Foster. jig is
1: <laughs> up, you jaded so it was important to
0: him. I agree. Thank you very much. Now, Matt. Ah, we have I- a fact to check.
2: Um, the most successful film in germany
0: or the most bought tickets i believe
3: highest
4: box office
2: highest box office in germany out of disney films or all encompassing
3: i think it was all, it was the most bought ticket stubs according to one page that i read even more than dust boot
2: well, even more than titanic which is leading the pack maybe it
3: was <laughs> just disney
2: i'll keep looking
3: Just go to the Jungle Book page. I'm pretty sure it's there somewhere.
4: No, I think he's disproven. I don't think you need to keep looking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay.
0: Calm down. Okay. So, Matthew, you will have the same three minutes with a warning at two, cut off at three, to tell me why Peter Pan is the best Disney film ever made. All righty. Does it start when I start talking? Exactly when you start talking. Bam.
4: All right. Peter Pan, Disney expertly transformed J.M. Barry's immortal epic into a soaring Disney classic, one that flies above all the rest. It's the ultimate boyhood tale, the perfect blend of fantasy and swashbuckling adventure, as I've said. It was during the production of Snow White, in fact, that Walt Disney began production to turn one of his favourite stories into an animated film, when his filmmaking, filmmaking imagination was at its peak. But first, the music... The music of Peter Pan is an adventure in itself, a beautifully bridged symphony that goes far beyond typical Disney magic qualities, from the soothing, symph- um, soothing choir of Second Star to the right to the Beautiful lullaby of your mother and mine, even the childishly nostalgic following the leader. Nay, this also is a classic Hollywood symphony that elegantly ties the whole adventure into one dreamlike whole, carrying you from one cliffhanger to the next, supporting and turning the emotions of every scene as if synchronised with the dialogue. Just like, yeah, I got my own Wolfgang, Pat, Eric Wolfgang Corngold's groundbreaking soundtracks of the classic Errol Flynn swashbucklers, the penultimate swashbuckling adventure, and I can think of no higher praise. The animation and casting had an attention to detail and limitless, limitless resourcefulness found only when the golden age of Hollywood's power meets passion. The casting was inspired. Bobby Driscoll's Jim Hawkins from Treasure. High- Bobby Driscoll was Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island, an obvious choice for Pan. The gentle, graceful, and powerful Catherine Beaumont for Wendy, and the gloriously theatrical Hans Conried as Hook and Mr. Darling flipping my pages the animation was the nine old men riding again with comic animation at its peak Pan seamlessly one of my favourite memorable moments is Pan flying through London this scene has such depth that you forget it's a drawing you're immersed in the flight through across Big Ben and across all the London roofs and then he flies literally into the stars like dreamlike quality and you're in Neverland which is just art in itself every kind of setting is a painting it, and you're drawn into the reality of each setting also, the characters. Other than Peter Pan, which is, by the way, animated so beautifully, he has absolutely no weight as he's flying around effortlessly, except until the end when you see that he can have weight when he deliberately stops flying, fight on um, flying to fight Captain Hook in that ultimate duel. A, gre- a great kind of moment where the stakes are raised in the moment. Um, also, <clears throat> The precise gravity in all the characters, even Tinkerbell, the way a mute, tiny character had such a fully embodied, emotive, imaginative woman evoked in that one little fairy. And finally, the immersing physics of this world and the natural humanity in the story was done in the most marvellous of ways. The whole thing was modelled. In fact, the actors performed the whole thing as if it was a play in a studio. And so there's so many great gestures and little nuances of their performances that can only be done when you watch an actual performance on the stage. And this was combined seamlessly with animation. The chickens up you bounce. jaded jughead jiggle. Leave Jack me alone, box. weird right. animation character. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Okay. Well,
0: that is a lot of information. Uh, I'm going to go straight on to the second round, which is just two minutes on why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. I won't give you a warning, I'll just cut you off at two. So Patrick. Sure. Your time starts when you start talking.
3: So I watched this not long ago. I think it was two days ago in order to prepare for this thing. And I don't think I remembered a whole lot because it had been so long since I'd seen the film. But, yeah, it, it really just didn't land for me as much as something like The Jungle Book did. The story arc, to me, just felt a little bit disjointed. Uh, at one point they're at home then they're in Neverland and then they're captured by the Indians, which, by the way, are very racistly depicted – um, and then all of a sudden Hook has Tinkerbell. I don't know. It just The whole thing felt very disjointed to me, and the message as well I thought was a little lacking. I didn't quite understand what the message was meant to be, whether it was you need to grow up, because Peter Pan obviously doesn't grow up, and he just sort of continues his carefree way, and it, it doesn't seem like there's a, a real strong, happy ending for the Lost Boys. It feels like they're just wandering in perpetuity and existing it it doesn't seem like their lives have any meaning and Wendy seems to have harbored this bizarre kind of Stockholm syndrome affection for this guy who didn't really pay her any attention in the first place he kind of mistreated her and and left her for other women and made her feel jealous and then she still harbors this weird affection for him it's like he's a controlling boyfriend so I thought that was rather odd too I don't think Tinkerbell is a particularly fleshed-out character. She seemed to be fueled ultimately by jealousy and almost nothing else. And she's terribly ashamed of her body, which I thought was a terrible message to send to young girls as well. Um, yeah, look, I, this, the whole story of Peter Pan itself, it's more of a cautionary tale, I think. And I don't think the Disney interpretation of this did justice to that because obviously they've got to paint it as a much, light, much more light-hearted thing. So it's almost as though Peter Pan didn't oh, learn anything. The jig
1: is up, you jaded, jug jack-in-the-box!
0: All right, strong words,
1: all,
4: Matthew. All good points, but I can take them <laughs> down a new one. Don't you worry, but we'll get to that. Out. <laughs> we will indeed, and we'll get to that right now. I thought we were getting to Jungle Book and what everything wrong with your stupid movie. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Let's do that. Two Let's minutes.
0: That. Uh, I will uh, start the timer when you start talking.
4: All right, so on this whole, okay, yes, the, the, the Native Americans in uh, Peter Pan are not very well depicted, but in The Jungle Book, the whole story is a racist, imperialistic parable. Rudyard Kipling was a notorious um, imperialist, and the adaption of The Jungle Book from by Disney is one that he would be proud of. So, all of the characters, like your responsible Bagheera, the voice of reason, he's actually the voice of colonialism and imperialism, because All of the responsible characters are Bagheera, Shere Khan, the elephants. All these characters with power, they all have English accents. And the reason, the whole kind of point of the story, the whole message of the Jungle Book is everyone needs to know their place. Mowgli is a fool for ignoring, is thought of as a fool, and he's left bereft and alone when he disobeys Bagheera's wishes, and he says, I'm going to stay in the jungle. And Baloo is a symbol for humanity's irresponsibleness, and Rudyard Kipling kind of made allowances for that. But at the end of the day, Baloo also agrees that he has to send um, Mowgli home because Shere Khan's after him. And Shere Khan's not seen until like 45 minutes in the movie. He's just this phantom stakes and he's really just the looming threat of colonialism saying we all got to be in our place. There's a power that keeps us there. So... But when Khan is defeated, you'd think, all right, he, doesn't have, he can live in the jungle as long as he wants. He doesn't have to go home. There's no looming threat anymore. But then he falls in love with the village girl. It's clear that he's supposed, and he goes into the village without a second thought because, as has always been saying, the whole movie, he belongs in the man village. Where we want to be doesn't matter. We have our own pecking order, and we're supposed to stay in there. Classic imperialist. <laughs> Classic imperialist. Ultimately, it's a terribly archaic film endorsing respect for authority, obedience, and knowing one's place in society. And we live in a world where we know our decreed place in society is unbalanced and unjust. Obedience means subservience, and that authority is not about protecting us, but preventing the disturbance of their order. Shake
1: us up, you jaded, jugheaded
4: Jack in the Box! Uh, well done.
0: Uh, (laughs) I've got a lot of things written down to talk about in our open discussion so I'm going to say let's take a break now and we will come back and we will have a little bit of a chat about both of your movies (laughs) and what they mean (laughs) (coughs) All right. Well, before we get back into it, uh, is there any word on that fact check?
2: Uh, about the German box office? Correct. Uh, if, if you look at number of tickets sold, you are correct. It is the the most tickets bought for any single film in Germany over all of time were, in fact, for The Jungle Book, hmm. um, ahead of Titanic, Avatar and all of the Star Wars put together.
0: Wow. All right. Well... Uh, Are there any other checks that have been factored?
2: Kipling is an imperialist. Okay. All right.
0: Good to know. Gotti. So um, I have a question. Both of your films are made nominally for children from a child's text and star children in them. Mm -hmm. I would just like you to spend a little bit of time and we'll start with Patrick and go to Matt in the order that has been ordained, um, just to talk about uh, how your films talk to children and what they say and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing overall. Okay,
3: sure. Well, I think the message that my film delivers is one that's a little bit different from the initial uh, writings of The Jungle Book. I mean, you can... Bring up Rudyard Kipling's imperialism all you want, <laughs> but to me, it is just se- it just it just seems yeah. like they've just they've just, as an alchemist would, turned shit into gold by making this movie.
4: So you would think beautiful. that, but I was not talking about the book. I haven't read the Jungle Book, right, by Rudyard Kipling. I have read. I've, I watched Jung, the Jungle Book movie. And this is what you got out of it. That's you what I got an out of it.
3: Imperialist narrative. You didn't get someone who needed guidance and began to take information from a number of different sources and then utilise that information in order to become is there, a survivor.
0: Is there, a, uh, is there another example of this archetype of narrative that you're talking about in the Jungle Book? In another text that makes it less offensive in imperialistic terms, if you take it out of India and you put it into another text. It's, is there... it's, a,
3: it's an articulation of the hero's journey, which we see in almost every film and story that we come across. So he, I mean, initially we don't see Mowgli in the human village, but it is a, an eventual return to the human village, this this wander through the jungle thinking that that's what you want, only to realise that what you wanted was you know home all along and home for him was the human village. But now he has all these abilities and all this experience and... And all this knowledge that he can bring to the village, and he can use in his own life, so he can go pretty much wherever he wants. He's a he's a free agent. He will sure.
0: And and in that in that sense, what do Baloo and Bagheera represent to that to the Mowgli character?
3: Well, I think Baloo represents well. They're sort of two ends of the same spectrum, right? Like one is extreme responsibility, one is extreme carefreeness. But even Baloo and Bagheera begin to sort of get closer to each other at the film's end. Like Bagheera gets a little bit less uptight, Baloo gets a little bit more responsible. So all the characters learn something from one another and, you know, it's it's taking from those two elements that Mowgli does so perfectly and becomes right. the most well-rounded individual.
0: Yeah, okay. And so in terms of Peter Pan... Mm-hmm. How does
4: Peter Pan talk to children and what does it say both to and about childhood? So Peter Pan is a fantasy for both children and adults. So when the play was originally debuted, it was debuted to the London High Society full of adults. And, you know, they cried and they stood up when they were clapping to get P- Peter um, Tinkerbell back to life. So it's already proven that it's a fantasy for everyone. And what it is about, like, yes, Peter Pan never lets go of his youth, but he's never supposed to. It's about always remembering that your inner child is still alive and nurturing that. And what Wendy learns is that she doesn't have to cling to the nursery and cling to Neverland and think thoughts of pirates all the time to still have fun and be herself and be her inner child. But She can, you know, move out of the nursery. She can grow up to be a woman, but she can always remember that she what she valued and the adventures she had as a kid and carry that with her. I, essentially, it's the idea that your inner child is immortal.
3: It seems to me like that she saw the terrible aspect of having the ever-present inner child and then decided to grow up from that. She saw what happened in the case of Peter Pan of, of being completely laissez-faire and then thought, I don't necessarily want that. I think it's time to move on. Otherwise, I'll end up like this character.
4: I think she learned to balance. Yes, like, when you're constantly, you know, having fun and going on adventures, like the fight on never- for Neverland between the Native Americans, the pirates, and the Lost Boys, it's literal. It's a game to them. It's never ending. The book's a lot darker than people mm. remember because the Lost Boys, to them, a game is killing pirates. Yeah, but in the, in the, of course, in the Disney film, it's more just like knocking each other about. But um, <laughs>
3: do you think the lesson that Wendy learns? Because I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think let Wendy learned balance. I feel like she's probably. One of the only people in the film that actually grew as a person, as a character. Do you think that people watching that would?
4: I think all of the Darling get, children get that
3: with a bit of osmosis, or because I feel like most kids, especially boys, watching this film would want to be emulating Peter Pan more than anything, and not so much the journey that Wendy and her brothers went on.
4: No, uh, yes and no. So you start off with the Wendy children, like they're clearly the protagonists, and they're the ones that there's a whole scene before Peter Pan's even introduced mm. where it's encouraging you to empathise with these characters. And then Peter Pan's very much more of a catalyst for conflict. And all of the darling children grow. Like Michael becomes a bit less kind of flippant and irresponsible. Um, uh, John. John, thank you. Uh, John becomes less entitled Mm. and he learns to loosen up a little bit while also maintaining that sense of fun that he had when he was playing as Captain Hook in the nursery. And, of course, Wendy learns what it is – to care for other people and to nurture. But she also learns how important Peter Pan is as a spirit of youth. And so, and, oh yeah, okay, I got it, I got it back. I I I went off course for a second. (laughs) Um, The big thing with Peter Pan is, yeah, he is a bit selfish because the thing with being eternally young is the young are selfish and J.M. Barry was very careful to emphasize that in his play and Disney didn't want to let that go. So I think at first, yeah, every boy grows up you know, jumping off hills like me wanting to be Peter Pan. But you realise that this character is not perfect and you can't stay like that forever. You have to grow into Wendy and Michael. And
0: Awesome. Okay, so I have one more question. Mm-hmm. This is a bit more lighthearted, but I hope that you can both add something to your argument. Mm-hmm. Is Who is your favourite character from your film and why? Because you both have a wide range of different characters to choose from.
3: Um, mine would be a toss up between Baloo and King Louis just because of how they perform their songs and how engaging so they are to you, watch it's, it's and hilarious. Songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's how beautifully animated and orchestrated yeah. the things are
4: well one thing about the songs is with the jungle book like say with peter pan all of the songs are consistent into like one symphony like there are different songs and they do vary but it's all kind of undertone it's firmly set in mm. that kind of whimsical childlike kind of composition but with the jungle book it goes from jazz to marching tunes to the beatles a cappella yeah. and um all that all that jazz i think that's but
3: just p- part of the whole take elements from everything and then
4: yeah, but the, the, the well end result it. is you only care about two out, out, out of like you only care about about two, you only care about two out of the six songs. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, and what about you, Matt? Who is your favorite character and why in Peter Pan?
4: In terms of like enjoying watching, it's Captain Hook. I mm. just love his perfect balance between menace and kind of foppish, larger than life grandeur. Like he's so silly, but he's also a very serious threat to take. To take seriously, um, Peter Pan I've always liked, but he's never really been my favorite. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be Captain Hook. Easy done. Yeah. All right. Well, special that's... mention to
0: the
3: Colonel as well.
4: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Did
3: you take any elements from the Colonel for your
0: Colonel? Of course I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this explains so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I I'm going to put another break here, and we'll come back with your final summaries. Mm-hmm. So we will get straight into our final summaries unless there is any facts that need to be checked.
3: Well, this isn't a fact. This is just more opinion. But Miranda has pointed out that it has been widely acclaimed by animators with Eric Goldberg declaring, the Jungle Book boasts possibly the best character animation a studio has ever done. Okay. I agree more. Yeah. Okay. Very,
2: very sneaky. I'm just checking facts that haven't been brought up yet. Yeah. I mean, well it's a done. fact
0: that he said that. I think That's I'm going to have mm-hmm. to move you away from the debaters. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's usually, he sat so close to me. Oh, does he I All feel right. so cheated. <laughs> so you will you will end up uh, having one minute to summarize why your movie is the best Disney film ever made, and why your why your opponent's is not. And Mm -hmm. then I will cut you off at the end of that. Then I will go into my math zone while you talk about movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Patrick, we will start with you and your time starts as soon as you start talking.
3: Great. Well, my movie is the best Disney movie of all time because of the music. I'm still sticking to that one. Um, You mentioned before that only two out of the six songs you end up caring about, I think, Having two favourites doesn't mean you discount the other six by any stretch of the imagination. They're all spectacular in their own little way. And caring about two out of the six songs is still more than caring about none, which is how I felt with Peter Pan, unfortunately, and how most of YouTube feels as well. I did a little bit of research and found that no Peter Pan song or sequence has received more than two million views, whereas I Want to Be Like You is 40 million alone on one video. So I guess that means you know, <laughs> the people have spoken in a way.
4: Okay, okay. And yes. I think
3: also, just it's difficult to articulate, but please try how me. beautifully and seamlessly that everything comes together. Again, I meant I want to bring up the the car scene when they're doing um, trust in me, but I, the jig is
1: up, it. you jaded jugheaded Jack in the Box. The car
0: scene, car K A not C. You and your
4: jazz standards. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: <laughs> Matthew.
4: Oh, Maddie. here we go. One
0: minute, your time starts when you start talking.
4: In the words of Walt Disney, next to Snow White, I cared most for Peter Pan. Peter Pan was a project that he spent decades trying to, if you will, take flight. Whereas with The Jungle Book, he got involved after two duds by that director, The Sword and the Stone, and I can't remember the other one. So he was really coming into, you know make sure the next one would be quality. That's why he was there. He doesn't really have any distinct passion for the Jungle Book. Um, The clever animation, yes, it is clever, but it has no shading. All of the characters just go from left to right or right to left like an arcade game, and they're superseded on the beautifully painted backgrounds, but there's no real use of depth or foreground. They just kind of, like... There's no detail in the fur, like it doesn't really move realistically and Mowgli's hair is like a Lego piece, whereas in Peter Pan all of the animation is layered and it's in-depth. It's almost 3D somehow with drawing. Shadows (laughs) are a Jack in itself. Right, that is the end of
0: the debate, so please take some time Mm -hmm. now to talk about what you did like about your opponent's film while I enumerate my points one final check in with the fact checker
2: uh the youtube seems uh correct peter pans you can fly is pretty high up there but nowhere near the jungle books i want to be like you as far as hits goes
0: all right well commence with the compliments please i
3: certainly did like the last point that you brought up how deep the animation was i just saw a clip there thanks to our lovely fact checker and i was noticing the shadows and the sparkles and how it was all beautifully articulated and The attention to detail that obviously went into something like that. I also agree with uh, Captain Hook being the most fun character to watch. His animation was hilarious, to put it bluntly. It is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a a beautiful film to watch and witness. And I did love the spirit of adventure that Peter Pan invoked within me.
4: Good man.
2: And also Peter Pan has Tinkerbell.
4: It
3: does, does, Tinkerbell. I don't like Tinkerbell so much now that I've watched it recently. She's
2: she's got her whole own series of movies now. She's our whole thing. Which
4: doesn't make sense because it's Peter Pan canon that a fairy can only experience, they're only big enough to have one emotion at a time. That's why she's like murderously jealous because all she feels is jealousy in that moment. And then when she's, yeah, it's crazy.
2: That is crazy. I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. Thank you. Disney have been very blasé with Peter Pan lore, and I will not stand for it. they have been blasé with every bit of lore, <laughs> I think, in order to make it accessible to children. I guess. <laughs> but Jungle Book, I legitimately love the Jungle Book. You're right. Uh, I mean, Will Be Do, I Want to Be Like You has been stuck in my head all day. I love all of the characters. Uh, Baloo, the guy who voices Baloo, I don't know how, but he has the voice of a bear's kind of a monologue. It's mm. beautiful. Um, yeah, I just really like the Jungle Book. I love all of the music. Somehow I like all of the songs. Yeah, I like all six, <laughs> no matter how varied it is. And it's a very enjoyable story. And I think that's like kind of the dangerous thing about Kipling and Walt Disney is no matter what kind of story they're telling, it's enjoyable. It's entertaining. Mm. And it's just a very heartwarming time. Like I'm pretty sure I was crying when um, Bagheera was giving his eulogy for the fakely dead Baloo. Yeah. Was. Beautiful movie. I was, when I was
3: watching that, I thought, oh, I better write this down, this quote, this beautiful eulogy. But I
4: forgot.
1: Mm.
0: Don't worry, I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Yeah, okay. we can find
4: it. There is one quote I would like to shoot from Peter Pan. Okay. Pan, pirate, poppycock. <laughs> yeah. Absolute poppycock. All right, well,
0: that, that about summarizes the uh, debate. Uh, So, uh, I have my final scores, if you are all ready.
4: Um, I'm so ready.
0: uh, Thank you, studio audience. (laughs) Uh, So, let's start with the ones with the most points in both the positives and the negatives. So, the music was contentious because Patrick loves the music in... Jungle Book and you love the music in Peter Pan and you both had good reasons as to why they were uh, better than your opponents. Uh, however, just on power of numbers and YouTube has indeed spoken, this one went to uh, the Jungle Book. Damn you, the people. (laughs) Uh, I I think it's just weight of uh, number of songs and the style and the catchiness of the songs. These ones are the ones that have been long-lived. And so uh, I think the music definitely goes to to the Jungle Book. Am I so out of touch?
4: No, it's the children who are wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, (laughs) but also you. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the movie magic. So this one... Uh, you were talking about the the voice acting at, right at the very start, the animation of flight, uh, the the iconic flying through London landing on Big Ben. Um, and you also uh, spoke a little bit about how they rehearsed like a play and performed it like a play. Uh, based on the play. Um, the only negative point that was brought up about Peter Pan was um, the disjointedness of the script and how it kind of jumped from one place to another. It wasn't really very consistent. Um, However, Nicole, let's uh, go. Pa- Patrick also brought up the animation, um, albeit a little bit out of turn, uh, and the, the beautiful uh, backgrounds. And the one thing that was brought up against... The Jungle Book was, of course, not really hiding the imperialist uh, message that is pretty inherent in the story. Um, So this one went to Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. The movie Magic Goes to Peter Pan. Talking of imperialism, the message. (laughs) Um, You both had a lot to say about what the good things about your films were, and a lot of things to say about what the bad things about your opponent's film were. There's a lot of... In both of these movies, old school Disney, there's a lot of questionable uh, racial stereotypes. uh, And that's just something you can't avoid. Again, Mm. imperialism was brought up. um, But again, they do speak directly to children and they both say something to children about how to grow up and, and the process of growing up. So much so that this topic... ...is a tie.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. There you
0: go. Memorable Moments and Disney Touch have both gone to the same film. So, the winner of this debate is Peter Pan. Peter Pan took out this one. Um, The Germans will be mad. Mm -hmm. The Germans will Uh, be mad. Um, What are the Germans ever going to do? We'll write them a letter. Uh, Now, the Memorable Moments... I think it was just a matter that Matt keep kept bringing up different moments throughout the film that he um, he connected with and that connected with the audience, and with the Disney touch. I think the again them rehearsing like a play, um, Disney himself having very stronger feelings about this film, and yeah, and the way that they balanced the the animation and the storytelling. Mm. So, Peter Pan is the better Disney film oh there you go congratulations Congratulations. (laughs) and thank you patrick for joining us again
3: well done patrick is there like a boo thing that you can play there's no
4: boo you debated well (laughs) uh (laughs) i thought he had me
0: (laughs) uh well i honestly like i don't count until the very end um so if you think i've made the wrong choice, those of you in the studio audience, those of you sitting at the table and those of you listening in podcast land.
2: Particularly in Germany.
0: Particularly in Germany. Germany, if you're listening, you can go to our Facebook page and there will be a poll there a, that will run for one week. And if the Jungle Book beats out Peter Pan by enough, Peter, uh, the Jungle Book will go into the second round as a wild card. So go and do that. I'm sorry, Germany. <laughs> I think, yeah. Okay. On that note, uh, thank you, Miranda, for fact checking us this this uh, debate. No problem. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank again. you, Matthew. Thank
4: you for having me too.
0: I've been Zain C Weber. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. And keep watching Disney, everyone. We will catch you again next time.
4: Farewell. Farewell.
0: need to be doing you need to be listening to the floof and Papa podcast i'm mel i'm
4: taylor and we're going to talk about all things dogs dog stories dog breeds dog tips and tricks dog puns dog jokes dog Keep everything out if you're not listening uh hit us up at the floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast tune in
0: uh, that's not kind of productions
1: podcast